Welcome in to another episode of Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses. I'm Danny Jones. And I am Samantha Jones. And we are at episode 76. 76. What is our title? This is Why Relationships Matter. Good title. Yes. Very nice. This is. I think it's going to be a good episode. I actually, when I was putting this together, thought, oh, maybe we should make this two. So it might end up having to be two. We'll see. All right. You know, it's a big here. topic. There's a lot to talk about. Cool. So, all right. Well, before we hop into it, anything from recapping last week? Yes, I have a couple of things. So last week we did uh, divine timing, and we got a lot of good response from this one. Um, awesome. People really like this topic, and I did too. I, I love to talk about this. Um, one of the girls that I actually do readings for, she had messaged me that she was having a hard time sleeping. And so we were talking a little bit about that, and I said, you know, one thing that you might want to try is CBD oil. And I like, I don't know where you live, you know, but um, if it's legal there. And she said, well, no, it's not. She lives in Texas. She's like, no, it's not really right. legal here. But, you know, if I can find some, I'll give it a try for the sleep, right? Well, the next day, her friend came back from Colorado and brought her CBD. Nobody told him to do that. That's or great. him or her, I can't remember. Um, but it was like perfect timing. It's something that she should try. I got that intuitively. But that was, she was like, oh my gosh, the divine timing <laughs> that came into that was so weird, you know? Wow. So that's kind of a strange example of divine timing. Yeah, that was cool. And then I wanted to read this to you. This is from one of our listeners, Patricia. She said, I had gotten so far behind on episodes because I thought I would just do a binge day and do them all at one time. <laughs> but today I didn't get my phone call. So I had to sit and listen, which was so I had time to sit and listen, which was perfect because it was divine timing. Wow. When I heard you say divine timing can be on a daily basis, it was great because I am trying to get signs from the hummingbirds, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but they do show me when it is the divine timing and it makes sense why they waited. Does this make sense? And it, it absolutely does because, yeah. like, I ask for signs a lot of the time, you know, and then it doesn't happen so much anymore where I'll get down and be like, I don't see them. Mm -hmm. But, like, you and I will be talking or whatever, and all of a sudden I'll see a dragonfly outside or yeah. whatever and it's those moments that mm -hmm. you know that what you're talking about is this is your confirmation like her seeing the hummingbirds you right. know it's a confirmation and that's why it's happening in that timing yeah so it was absolutely yeah that's cool isn't that cool that's really cool yeah so thanks patricia excited to hear those couple of examples of divine timing this week right so yeah awesome so that's what i have well thanks patricia for that yes thank you very much well, shall we hop into episode 76? Let's do it. Why Relationships Matter. So this is a big topic, like we had said. Um, you know, we talk a lot in our episodes about different things that um, bring us into the topic of relationships, and not just what makes them important, but how to have 
good, solid relationships with people or to establish ones, you know, with family, friends. And I think that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today, too, not just why they're important. Right. So um, so one of the things that I when I was doing the research on this, the the first thing I came across in psychology today, I thought that this was um, well, this was good. It says love is one of the most profound emotions known to human beings. While the need for human connection appears to be important, the ability to form healthy, loving relationships is learned. Mm-hmm. And it is important to point that out because we hear a lot, like I do, especially doing readings from people that they feel like their relationships a lot of the times are negative, not just with like loved ones like family, but with friends. And they're just like, I don't know why I have such a hard time making connections. Right. And it is very, very normal for these things, you know, for us to have these kinds of issues. Sure. You know, we have to learn how to have connections with other people. It just doesn't come naturally. Um, This article also said that uh, some studies suggest that the ability to form a stable relationship starts as early as infancy. Yeah. It makes sense because, um, you know, you as an infant, you have these needs and we don't really remember that. Like you and I were talking the other day about how far back we kind of see in, you know, our memories. And it's like, I don't know, maybe three. Two or three. Yeah, somewhere around there. But that doesn't mean that the things that happened to us before didn't affect us. They still affected us. We still took them in. It's like Mm -hmm. maybe we don't know why we're a certain way Mm -hmm. because we don't remember the reason, the things that happened to us. Yeah. But they can start as early as infancy. Yeah. And I think something else that we were talking about, too, which is a great example of this would be um, let's take the female gender, for example, Mm -hmm. Um statistics that show um females that grow up in homes without a relationship with a father right so they're not pretty no definitely not so it definitely proves that point about how important how early it affects you yes and how important it really is it is it's a lot of it does start with your family i mean really if you think about it um i asked our listeners a lot of questions this week because i wanted to know what it where these things are hard for them and where they feel like you know they they get most of um i don't know like their background from you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and a lot of them did say that the hardest relationships that they have is with family and I think that that for a lot of people, actually, I, you know, I've thought many times in my life back to people I've met along the way. And there's not many that I've met that said that they didn't grow up in some kind of abusive household or maybe not abusive per se, but there were just things that weren't right. Some level of dysfunction. It, it, there you go. Dysfunction. Right. That's right. the word that I'm looking for. It seems to be very universal right. that most homes do have some kind of dysfunction to them. Right. You know, I think maybe part of the reason, too, that we might perceive most of our most challenging relationships as being with family is because that's really who we probably spend the most time with collectively in our life. Yes. Because I've had worse relationships with people that aren't family. Right. But I've had some tough ones with people that are family, too. Right. So, you know. Yeah. I just tend to maybe feel tougher because you have spent more time with them. 
Right, exactly. This is an area where you and I, we have very different experiences growing up. We have a lot in common, but our our childhoods were very different. You had a lot of family around you. And you know what I did too until like my teenage years, it was like everybody kind of started dropping off. But Mm. my family was very, very, very dysfunctional. And I didn't even really realize that until... Honestly, in the last few years, I mean, I realized that they were dysfunctional. I just didn't realize how much it affected me and how bad it was. And I can look back now and I can see, like you were talking about the fathers that aren't there, how that affected me that I did not have a father. Well, I had my grandfather, but I did not have a father figure, so to speak. Um, I had a father and I had a stepfather and neither one of them were were good roles to me. They didn't really teach me anything positive. My step-grandfather, he was a very good role model and did teach me that not all men are like that. But for girls like us that are brought up without that father figure, we tend to look at men a different way than women that have them in their Mm -hmm. life, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, obviously it affected you on some level. Oh, yeah. You did really well with avoiding a lot of those statistics that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, Probably could have ended up way worse for you. Yes. But it didn't, you know. Yeah. Didn't allow it to. Well, and if it wasn't for my my step-grandfather, Bob, I probably would have. Because, like I said, he was the only real stable figure that showed me that men weren't completely bad. And so I could have relationships. But I have seen a lot of the time where girls that they do, they go into, you know, I don't know, the porn industry or or whatever. They they have these kinds of things because they have daddy issues. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sad. And... I've come to learn, actually, and and this is sad, but it's really, well, I can't say it applies to everybody, but a lot of times, more often than not, it's the mother that's the issue, not the father. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would say that's true. Yeah. Because, like, for me, I had, you know, no father. I had a mother, but she was, you know, not a real good mother either. So mm. I have mommy and daddy issues, you know. But I've seen, like, like looking back at this now with a lot of my friends and seeing a lot of my, actually, my friends now, it does seem to be the women, for whatever reason, that, that tend to, there seems to be a lot more problems there with the mothers than the fathers, especially yeah. nowadays, I think. Yeah, and I think it's just, it's a lot of different things. I mean, it's not just that mother to blame, because right. they were raised by somebody, and that person was raised by somebody so it really does trickle down. It does. Yeah. And it, it affects us more than we even realize. But I think like one of the things that's important and that I saw in a lot of the research that I did is that we need to remember that these relationships, as important as they are and how you know they do develop us and who we are, we don't have to tolerate bad family relationships. If you have family that's dysfunctional and it's just not healthy for you, you don't have to be in that situation, especially as an adult, you right. know? No. It's like, as a kid, it's harder. But, you know, like, I have some family left, and they're very dysfunctional, and I just choose to say, no, I don't, I have my brother. Yeah. That's the family I have left, because yeah. the rest of them are so dysfunctional. And it's okay. Right. There's nothing wrong with that, right. you know? So, let's see. Um 
so in this research, I found that there were four different types of relationships, basically, that they do, you know, most of these articles and research on. Okay. Um, right now, we're talking about the family relationships. Um, so let's keep on with that. Um, so family relationships are, of course, people that we are connected to through some form of kinship, whether it is blood or adoption or, or step parenting. Um, ideally, we should have strong bonds and relationships with our families, although it seems like more often than than not that that doesn't always happen. Right. Uh, these relationships should make us feel loved. We should be able to confide in them and discuss personal things. Um, key roles for parents and older relatives is to offer guidance and support where needed and to give boundaries and discipline. So... It tells us a lot of what relationships should be, mm -hmm. you know, and ideally that these, yeah, would be great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like as a parent, um, you know, we all kind of learn from our own childhood about things that maybe happened to us that we didn't want to do. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and then things that we really liked that we really wanted to embrace that maybe tradition or whatever it was. but. Yeah. You know, I've, I always felt like it was my job to be my child's father first, friend second. Right. Um, and that's just how I feel. Right. I want her to come to me and share with me and be open with me about whatever. Right. But I am still her father. Yeah. So sometimes I might <clears throat> speak in a... Uh, kind of from the angle of reason or logic or, right. or something or uh, kind of beware. And, it, you know, it's not always what you want to hear from, right. from your parent. You don't want to be lectured, obviously, but that's your role right. and is to guide, yes. but to let them feel safe to communicate with you about things that maybe they don't feel safe. And to do with other people and pretty lucky that she feels comfortable to talk to us about as many things that she talks to us about. Oh, for so. sure. Yeah. It, it having kids is very tough <laughs> and I I think that this is where you know, we're put on this planet for a lot of reasons and definitely to have relationships is mm -hmm. one of them. To learn from those relationships and to change those things mm -hmm. is a whole other reason of why we're here. Yes. If you grew up in a childhood that wasn't so great, your job is to not do the same thing to your children. Right. That is, that's a lesson. I can tell you if, if you had a rough childhood, that is something you are supposed to learn in this life is not to treat your children the way that you were treated. Right. It's just, you know, right. it's a universal lesson we all have to learn in, in somewhere in our lives, right. you know, um, and that can be very difficult because, you know, for some people, they say that it becomes like implanted in you. I don't believe that because I took the things that my mom did when I was a child and I said, I am not going to do any of these things. And I've talked about this before where it's like you have to kind of fight those feelings off a little mm, bit, yeah, you know, right. but it's not impossible i've been no. able to do it you know it's it is very important yeah because i mean there's still genetics involved you're still you know an offspring of mm -hmm. this person so you you have tendencies and likenesses you know yeah so it's not abnormal but to kind of take what you want the good and the bad right and decide what you want to do in your life as opposed to maybe what you saw that person do. Right, exactly. Your parent or whoever it was. 
I also talk to a lot of people that have lost parents or have lost children and losing a child has to be like the worst thing for people. I can't imagine losing a parent was extremely hard, but losing a child that that child came from you, you know, it's not yeah. supposed to happen like that. No. And it's hard to understand why these things happen. Yeah. You know, it really is. <clears throat> and when you have a tragedy like that, sometimes it makes it so that you don't really want to get close to people anymore. Mm. And it, it like can affect you in such a negative way, you know? Um, but I, I, like I said, I work with so many of these people and a lot of them have a lot of guilt from like things that, you know, maybe they didn't do right or whatever. That's just universal. There's no instruction book that tells us like what we're supposed to do and not supposed to do as a parent, right. you know? So all of this like guilt that we carry that, oh, I should have done this. I shouldn't have done that. Especially when I see people that have lost a child. Mm -hmm. It's not necessary because we all battle those types of things. Yeah. We do. We all have those moments where we're like, man, I shouldn't have said that. I should have done this differently yeah. or whatever. But, you know. We're not experts. We don't. Well, we're human. Yeah. Infallible. Especially but, if you weren't raised in, a, right. you know, with a childhood where you were taught how to properly, you know, I don't know, take care of yourself. It's like, how do you teach a child to take care of themselves when you haven't even, you know, yeah. don't even know I, how to take care of yourself? I couldn't even fathom it. You know? No. I've yeah. known some people that have had to face that. I yeah. Mean, I have mentioned to you many times, and I ask this to our, our listeners, about a correlation between your spouse and your family. Like, for example, I feel in my first marriage that I married my mother, and that happens a lot. Yeah, I've heard that, that the, the, a lot of people tend to marry somebody that's a lot like their parent for yeah. their first marriage. Yeah, you're definitely nothing like any of my family, you know, that you're not my mom or my dad or, you know, I'm not trying to fill a void there, but I definitely think that in my first marriage, I did that. And so I asked our listeners, um, do you see a correlation between your relationship with your parents and the one you have with your spouse? And actually 70% said, no, they don't. They mm. don't see the correlation. 15% uh, said yes. And 15% said that they're not sure. Um, I, I think maybe it's, it's more like um, depending on your childhood, but like if you had a good relationship with your parents, sometimes you'll look for something like a man might look for a good cook and a woman because that's his right. mother was a good cook. True. It could be something as simple as that, you know, or, you know, a girl that didn't have their father. So they're looking for a father and they're filling a void like that. Mm -hmm. But it can be it can be positive, too. And it can be as simple as something like that, you know, sure. wanting a good cook. Right. You know, they're just things that we're taught. And you can be drawn to the negative, too. Like, things oh, yeah. that, you know, if you had an abusive parent, you might seek an abusive spouse. Yes, absolutely. Partner. Yeah. Yeah. I I was lucky I didn't have that. But my, my ex-husband and my mother were very similar as far as, like, spending money. They loved to spend money and um, ruin holidays. I don't know what it was about that, but they both loved to ruin holidays. And it, and wow. it was like there were the warning signs there. Like, she always did that, okay? So you would think going into a marriage, I wouldn't want somebody that would do the same thing that she did. Mm -hmm. But it was, the warning signs were already there right. that he, that this was going to be a problem, yeah. you know? And I still went with it anyways. Right. So that's what I mean by we look for that. We don't even know it. We really don't even know it. Right. My mom and my grandma were both hypochondriacs. So was my first husband. Right. Maybe we don't see these correlations, but look deeper into it. And I bet a lot of people will see them. 
Yeah, because I think you kind of, again, that's why it's so important at such a young stage of a kid's life because you realize what you're sort of used to and you sort of seek it subconsciously. Yeah. Like without even sometimes knowing it. Absolutely. Because it's comforting. It's what you know. It's what you were taught. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I... I wasn't taught like the great things in life, honestly, from my mom. So I, one of the things I decided early was that I wasn't going to have kids. I didn't want the same kind of issues. I didn't want to pass things on. I just didn't think I would be a good mother. Now I'm a stepmother, which we should talk about as well. Right. Because being a step parent is completely different from being a parent because you are showing this unconditional love for a child that isn't yours. And mm-hmm. that's hard. That's very difficult. And I see a lot of people that struggle with that. And, you know, it, we're very lucky in that department. Right. Very lucky. But it, it is a common problem. Right. You know, you bring a, a step parent into the situation and it's hard to blend families. It's, it, yeah, it can it be was... very difficult. It, it, even for us, it had its moments. Yeah, not very definitely. many, but there was a couple moments where there was sort of a standoff or a challenge. Um, and I just told you, you know, you—it's like dogs; you, they smell the fear on you. So, yeah. if you go in there, not like a raging general, but just go in there and be like, "Let's talk," you know. Yeah, it's when you run scared, the kids can sense that. And so they'll take advantage of that. Right. But I would, you know, love to publicly say, you know, not only are you a stepmother, you're a great stepmother and you go above and beyond. It's not uh, easy. You treat this you know, child you, yeah. as good, if not better than their biological mother. So. It, it's just, it's not easy, but it's natural, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's, it has to be that way for me. Like I wasn't going to do any of the same things that my mom did. And it's, it's a lot of work for somebody that is not, was not a biological parent themselves. It's a lot of work to have Marina was eight when we started dating to have an eight year old come into your life. And all of a sudden you're thrown into this. Um, but it, it was, it's been very, very rewarding. I talked to a lot of women, especially that have problems with this kind of situation with, um, there seems to be sometimes I think competition with kids and, and, you know, the other family member that's there. And that's something that you have to kind of curb. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that helped me at the beginning of our relationship was remembering that, the better my relationship is with Marina, the better my relationship is with you. Mm-hmm. Because she's a piece of you, and you're not going to tolerate us not having a good relationship. And that's right. honestly the way that it should be. Yeah. you know. So for Absolutely. me, I needed to make sure that our relationship was good for everybody involved. But there's a lot of people that don't look at it like that. Right. you know. If you can change your perception on it and see that this, the person that you're with, if you if you're like like me in this situation, mm-hmm. you know the person that you're with, they're not gonna leave their child for you. Right. They shouldn't leave their child for you. Maybe yeah. they might, but right. that's their child, and their yeah. child should always come first. So you have to find a way in this equation to make this work. Yeah. And you know if you have a hard time with that, the best thing I can say is is counseling. Really, you know, yeah. but it is important. Sure. Yeah. yeah. If it's there's a struggle. Uh, A communication breakdown, why not? I think it's a strange, like, territorial thing that kind of happens, like this animalistic thing that 
in these situations, you know, especially if there's a blending, a blended family that, you know, it can be easily taken as like, this is mine. No, this is mine. Or you have the two biological parents maybe saying not good things about the other parent and their other significant other. Right. Those type of things, which, which confuses the kid. It really does. You know, it's, they're not, they weren't you know born into this by choice no they didn't ask they they just are yeah and so the best that we can protect them and shelter them and just teach them to love and accept yeah you know um the better they're going to be when it comes to that type of situation whether it's blending but just not just that but to go out in the world yes because you're going to have to make your own relationships at some point. Right, exactly. Once you grow up and you're not under mom and dad's roof anymore, guess what? Now you're out there looking for your own relationship. Right. Well, and I think that we forget, too, that our kids pick up from us things that we don't even realize. Like, for example, if you're in a marriage and it's a loveless marriage and or you're fighting all the time or whatever it is, your kids see that, Okay. It, you know, they may be a little upset about it now, but when they get older, it's going to affect their relationships because they did not see love and affection. Yeah. You and I are very different because your mother was affectionate and my mother wasn't. Right. Um, you have had to teach me how to be affectionate. You're affectionate with Marina, which is wonderful. So she will hopefully be just like you with her kids. But for me, it's difficult because I wasn't taught that. I wasn't shown a loving relationship between a husband and a wife. My grandparents were loving and affectionate, but they were grandparents. Do you know what I mean? It was like, that was their second marriage. It was like, you just expect grandparents to be like that. But my mom never showed me a positive relationship. So for me, that's a goal too, is to show her a positive relationship so that she, Marina, can be strong and have a positive relationship right. for herself. And we have to remember that. Yeah. You know? Well, I know, like, being my parents divorced when I was really young, too. So I don't really remember seeing them together. But I'm very lucky that my mom was affectionate. Yeah. Because it at least it taught me that part of it. You know, like, I'd still say, like, many families, you know, we, they didn't talk about sex and relationships with me you know yeah. it was something i just had to figure out when you see when you have parents that are together and you see them affectionate with each other then you're sort of <clears throat> by osmosis picking that up right and seeing how that process kind of works i didn't have that right so yeah i was a little bit flailing out there you know as a young like teenager trying to find my own way but the part with the parent and child that I got yeah. very much yeah. from my mom. So I knew from a very young age, I'm going to be a parent. I have to do this in my life. I have to have a kid. Yeah. I want one and I need this experience. I need to learn from this. Um, and it's, I love it, but it's the hardest job I've ever loved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. I think it's supposed to be. And we're supposed to make mistakes and we're supposed to fix old wounds from our past with our, Mm -hmm. with being a parent. It's just how it goes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's why we're here. One of the reasons that we're here. Yeah. So shall we talk about relationships now? I know that's a heavy one. Can I have my tissues? Yeah. (laughs) I get so teary eyed all the time. 
Okay. You mean like spousal relationships? Yeah, romantic relationships, sorry. Yeah, I was like, aren't we talking about relationships? Yeah, we are. (laughs) But we were talking about family there, and and like I said, there's four different types of relationships, so that was the family relationship. Um, Then talking about, you know, romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, For uh, most of our listeners, it was about 50-50 between family and um, like spouse and romantic relationships where the hardest was. And the other 50% was right here with the romantic relationships being the hardest. Mm -hmm. These are difficult. And again, if you look back into your childhood, if you have difficult relationships, it could be because of things that you went through in your childhood. Mm -hmm. But I think... Um, I found this, and I I think that this explains it better than I can, about how we kind of process relationships. And, you know, we're, I think the main goal for everybody with a romantic relationship is trying to find the person that they're going to marry Mm -hmm. and have kids with or whatever. But we, a lot of times we'll find somebody and think that that person is perfect for us and get into something that isn't perfect for us, and then we get stuck, right? So this kind of breaks it down of how the cycle works with relationships and with love, so that people know that this is completely normal, that we all go through these kinds of things. Cool. Um, So the five stages of romantic relationships, they are merge, which is the honeymoon stage, doubt and denial, disillusionment, decision, and wholehearted love. Okay, so stage one, the honeymoon stage. We all know what that's like. Right. You know, that's the best part of the relationship. This right. is where you feel that you found your perfect match. You're shagging 24-7. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you always want to be together. Sex is in abundance. Uh, you, uh, there. This is where rational thinking gets drowned out. Really, it is. We don't think rationally. Um, a cocktail of hormones are being triggered for in- infatuation, and that can become addictive. You know? And that's why you don't think rationally, because there's such a flood of that going on. Right. Exactly. This is the time. I know that there's a lot of people that do get married in this honeymoon stage. There might be some listening, but this is the stage where I feel like, don't get married no, there. No, 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 no. Because you're not going to stay there. A lot of people are like, oh, and I think we all do this, where we're like, that's not going to be me. We're going to stay in this honeymoon stage forever, and we're always going to be this happy. But the fact is, is that's not reality, you know, because after a while, the realness starts to set in. It does. You know? It doesn't mean that the happiness goes away. No. It becomes different. It becomes it evolves. different. It be- yes, it evolves. But before it can evolve, before it can get better, there's usually, and I, I was looking back at the relationships that I've had, and I do see that they've all had this. There's this point where you hit, where you start to have doubts yeah. and wonder if this relationship is actually for you or not. Okay. <clears throat> so that's stage two, doubt and denial. Mm-hmm. You start to, to, you start to notice your differences and you wake up from the trance of infatuation, reliability and generosity fade and we get disappointed easier. And this is where the arguing enters. Yeah. This is <laughs> very, it's common. Yeah. Obviously it's stage two, yeah. but it's Shagging also. Shagging decreases. <laughs> A little, just on the decline, just a tad. <laughs> yeah, depending on who you are. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, Doesn't apply Some people are like, wait. See, yeah, it's all stopped at stage two. Um, but I think that that's a stage where you really start to get real with each other. Yeah, you know? that's where you learn about each other. You learn about each other. And a lot of people will say, oh, no, I'm, I'm real from the very beginning. No, you're not. 
You're not. Like, we all put on this, you know, we wear, the girls, we wear our makeup, we make, you know, everything's nice, yeah. we got the matching underwear and bra, everything's perfect, yeah. and then all of a sudden, you know. I can't tell you, and I just have to, I'm not going <laughs> to say names, but I got to tell you, Uh-oh. I, I see so many people on Instagram that hit this honeymoon stage and everything is wonderful, and as soon as it gets real, yep. it's over. Gone. Bye. And there's another relationship, and it goes just that distance again, yep. and it's gone. Some people get very uncomfortable when it starts to get real. Yes. And that's very normal. Yeah. I mean, of course you are, because somebody's actually calling you out <laughs> now on the things that you don't want to see about yourself. Right. So, of course, you're going to get uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know. When I started online dating, one of the things that was important to me is I wanted to make sure that my profile was as accurate as it could be. I didn't want pictures that made me look perfect or anything. I didn't want to say anything that wasn't me because I wanted to attract somebody that was me. But at the same time, I can still look back and see that I was fake Samantha for a while because, you know, you're on your best behavior. You want to be right, right until the next stage. Right. That's that's just normal. Um, so stage three is disillusionment. Uh, this may feel like this is the end of the relationship. This is where the power struggles come to surface and, and the issues that have been swept, swept under the rug start to come out. Mm-hmm. This is where the communication needs to be worked on. Yeah. Okay. The brain is now zeroing in on all the relationships, all the relationship deficiencies, things going <laughs> right or ignored and the things that are going wrong take attention. Right. They get magnified. Right. So you just, you know, you stop looking at what's positive and <clears throat> And that's easy to do, too. Yeah. Because relationships are hard. And it's like, we're not perfect. We don't have the perfect relationship. I could still, both of us could sit here right. and be like, well, you know, we could fix that. We could fix that. But the thing about a solid relationship is when you find out that there's those issues, you work on them mm-hmm. instead of just jumping ship. You know, and we've made that commitment. There's a willingness to right. take on whatever challenge internally within us that needs to be done. Right. Um, but we, I think we kind of went through those. Oh yeah. You know, phases. That's why I said this is very, very accurate. But the happiness wasn't removed. No. It grew. It's it's just like a plant. If you give it the proper sunlight and water and nutrients it will grow right absolutely so but yeah i I think just like most people we went through those stages absolutely yeah and yeah it doesn't mean that every day is bad it just means that you're starting to figure things out and you know i mean if you think about it it's like how many relationships did you have before the person that you were with you know, before the one you're with now. Right. Um, all of those relationships had to go through this and they all had to end or you wouldn't be with the person you're with now. So it's like, we want to say, no, this isn't going to happen, but it does and it's natural and it's okay. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And then stage four is the decision. This is where you decide, do I move on or do I go? Um, do I move on or do I stay? Um, the contemplation of leaving and feeling ready for a new beginning this is when you start feeling that. Um, yeah. So then from there, we move on to stage five. But stage four, I think, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at these and I'm almost like, these are like the same thing. Yeah, stage three bit. and stage four, kind of. A little bit. Think? Yeah. But 
I get it. So anyway, so stage five is wholehearted love. And this is when the relationship is at its healthiest and the most rewarding. Couples experience true individualism. uh, Self-discovery and self-acceptance are at an all-time high. Um, Acceptance of each other's imperfections. This is important, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And then your partner recognizing that there is no such thing as a perfect match. Um, I think we get stuck in in two different areas I can see when I do love readings a lot. We get stuck in this, this person isn't the the right person because they're not good enough for me or, you know, or I'm not good enough for them, you know, whatever it is. Um, But we're never going to have a perfect match. You're never going to find somebody that's just like you. No. But why would would you want to? Yeah, that would be boring. (laughs) I mean, there's nothing interesting at that point. No, you don't want to agree on everything. You know, there's a lot of things that you and I don't agree on or we see differently on. And th- I think that that is special. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, we can right. talk about anything, but right. we have our differences. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. No. You know, I know for me that, you know, now being my second marriage, that luckily it didn't happen like the first one. Right. So my level of contentment and happiness um is tenfold right you know so i have no complaints as far as that's concerned and that's nice because i have something i have experience right to base it off of you know like yes and it's funny because we talk to each other about our you know our other relationships and and our previous marriages and some people do not like no, that. No, not like at minute, all. The minute they realize that you've had previous relationships, your brother what? posted something I know, on Facebook. It was, it was hilarious. Yeah. But it's like, oh, hell no. Yeah. You better run. Yeah. And that's, come on. That's absurd. It is. You know, we're here um, to learn. Yeah. Okay. We're not alone on the other side. So we're not alone here either. Right. And I think the lesson is, can we teach, can we treat each other with the same level of dignity and respect and love that we do on the other side, when we come here, the lesson is, can we do it here? Yeah. Can we still allow our soul to shine brighter than our body? Right. And <clears throat> so I really think that um, being a solitary creature does not suit the human species. Right. Because we learn from one another if we're taught correctly we'll learn the right way we unfortunately do teach each other the wrong way right and you can see this happening over and over in society when we start teaching our young the right way whatever that is and there could be a million different right ways probably we'll see that chain reaction happening for generation and generation and generation. Right. But until then, we're going to have this kind of bumpy yeah. road. For sure. Uh, you said something there, and, and I just want to point it out. This this life is a journey. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to like that jealousy, like you were talking about with people, you know, you have relationships in your past everything that's happened in your past was supposed to happen. It's happened for a reason. It's happened to get you where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You know, we really don't have anything that we can't talk about that's off limits for us. And you know, you can look back and you can see how 
the past relationships in my life led us to really meet each other. Now, it didn't really wasn't so much the reconnection except the timing of my divorce. But we met each other because of relationships that I had in the past. Mm -hmm. So there's usually some kind of trail there that will show you Mm -hmm. that these relationships you had in the past, if you didn't have them, you might not be where you are today. Correct. So it's this is another reason to say we should talk about these things because they're our journey. It's what got us here. I was married from, well, I was with my ex-husband from the time that I was 17 until I was, I don't know, how old was I? 32-ish, I think. That's a lot of time. Mm -hmm. If I couldn't talk to you about anything that happened in that time, and there are people like this, because I was in a relationship like this, you can't talk about anything in that time because it was with somebody else. What are you going to talk about? That's insane. I so many of my stories are are about me and my ex husband, yeah. and you don't flinch, or and you and your ex wife, and I don't flinch. It's just the way it goes. Right. It's our stories. It's our yeah. past. It's not like and I want to know you about had sex with you. somebody else. I'm, you know, I said, hey, I I want to be with this person. That means I want to know about you. Right. I want to learn. Right. What are the things in the other relationships that you've had that you didn't like? Right. And what are the things that you did like? I mean. Like you said, the truth is, is we're here to teach each other. Right. Not just parents teaching little children, but we can learn from our peers, from our elders. We can learn from the younger generation. Absolutely. If we remain open and teachable, we can be, te- we can be taught, but it requires relationships. Yes. You know, um, we have other species in this world that don't require this, and that is because... They are already connected spiritually so much greater than we are. They're already aware. So it's not absolutely essential for them. We are a little bit different. We come here without that knowledge right off the bat, and we are supposed to gain it. Right. Or in a sense, you're kind of remembering it, but you don't really remember. You just get connected to it. And somehow it feels familiar. Right. You know, it feels like home. Yeah. You're like, wow, why do I feel like I've been here right. in this this feeling before, right. you know? So it we're not supposed to hide in caves and not deal with each other. No, no, definitely This is not. how we evolve. This is how we change. And this is every single one of us, whether you're heterosexual, homosexual, transsexual, asexual, it could go on and on. We all need love. Mm-hmm. We all seek love from the day we're being held by our parents till the day we take our last breath. We all want love. Yeah. You can't get love living a solitary life. No, you can't. You need, I mean, you could get it from a puppy and a kitty, <clears throat> but you need right. someone to tell you with their own words and their own mouth, mm-hmm. I love you. For sure. Everybody needs that. Mm-hmm. And they need it more than once. They need it occasionally and frequently to help them, their soul, feel whole. Oh, Love absolutely. makes us feel whole. Yep. It fills it fills that void that so many of us try to fill with other things, you yep. know, in this world that yeah, they mask it and they do their job for the moment. But you know, when you're done with you know, that supersized meal, seventh one of the day, or that 
trip on LSD or that porno movie, you're still got that hole right at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's because it's love. Right. That's the only thing that will fill that. Absolutely. And so we have to we have to interact with one another. Yep. That's why this is so important. You know, I mean, uh, like you could look at a monk that went and maybe lived in some cave and just studied spiritualism and and this and that. And are they a very wise and inner peaceful person? Well, sure they are. Right. But they probably were lacking some things, too. Yeah. Out of the 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 lack of experience, you know, so. Right. But everybody has their own path. I'm not saying if you want to go be a monk, go be a monk. Yes. But you're still going to need love. Yeah. And actually, I think what's worse than a solitary life is being in a relationship that's bad where you feel alone and unloved. And trapped. And, yeah, and trapped. And that happens to a lot of people. And one of the things I've started doing in the, the in our podcast weekly is is making a list of what the other side tells me, what they want us to know. Cool. And they don't want us to suppress who we are for somebody else. You have to realize that this is your life and that you do meet people along the way and you have players in your life and you're supposed to be in relationships, but you're not supposed to be in bad relationships. You're not supposed to be in an unhealthy one. And a lot of people will stay because they feel like that's what they're supposed to do. But the other side really wants us to have a full, happy life. That's yeah. what we're here for. Yes. So if you stay stagnant in a relationship where you cannot grow and you cannot move forward, you're not doing yourself any justice. No. You have to move forward. No. You can't, you know, right. stagnation isn't, it's not a part of life. We're supposed yeah. to continuously grow. You know? I think we got really lucky with each other oh, yeah. that, that we've really allowed each other to, <clears throat> you know, express themselves how they want to, be right. who they want to, experiment with what they want to. You know, it's just, um, and there's still affection, there's still physical attraction, you know. Right. The shagging hasn't decreased to a ridiculous level. <laughs> What's a ridiculous level? <laughs> well, don't worry. I'll let you know. <laughs> I have we, no doubt. When we get there. Well, I don't think we're going to do that. Anyways, we don't need to talk about our sex life on the show. <laughs> Oops, already did. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> he would do a whole episode about it if he could, probably. In, in the nude, too. <laughs> yeah, see? If now there's a lot of women that might get offended by somebody <clears throat> saying something like that and I'm just like whatever dude it's who he is you yeah. know have fun be who you are you know yeah, Do we're I roll my eyes and... at you? Yeah, of course I do, but you know. Right. It's it's all in fun. It's yeah. all in happiness. Like you said, you just we've learned how to to let each other be our own person and still be happy in the relationship together and um the, something that I wrote down that um is very important right here actually is being in a healthy relationship is linked to reduced stress levels, lowering the production of cortisol, a stress hormone and cortisol is known for making you fat. Now I will tell you that over the last couple of years, as our relationship has gotten better, I have lost weight. 
Yeah, you have. There's a lot of things I've done, but it makes sense. It makes sense to me because when you're in a relationship where you're stressed out all the time, um, you know, where you don't know how the other person feels, because there's a lot of people that are in relationships where they just don't know how the other person really feels, you know, or maybe they need that day to day or whatever. But once we really like clicked and everything started flowing together, it was like the stress level is re- reduced. I, yeah. I get it now. This now, is how me, it's supposed to be. That's the biggest one, probably, is the stress level. Yeah. I, I haven't dropped nearly as much weight. But. Well, I mean, there's different reasons for everything for right. everyone, <laughs> but it, this makes sense to me now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It it does. It changes a lot of things because who wants to be constantly walking on eggshells in your own home? Yeah. You know, that's no fun. Nobody wants that. Yeah. A healthy relationship is a great place to start because if you're in a healthy marriage, healthy relationship, then other things in your life will be healthier too because you don't have this that that isn't. Right. You know, same thing with a job. Right. If you're miserable in your job, you might be miserable in other areas of your life because it just rolls over. True. You know? um, so I want to talk about what the other side wants us to know this list uh, we didn't get into friendships and acquaintances so much but you know we can either do another episode on that later but or... they are equally as important they're friendships, very important friendships uh i have some very close people to me that um i'm very grateful for yeah friendships are important for very different reasons and one of the reasons actually is is something that the other side does want us to know. And that is that everybody comes into your life for a reason. Right. Um, sometimes friendships, acquaintances, whatever, they're meant to come into your life and go. Mm-hmm. Or they're meant to come into your life and go and come into your life and go and come into your life and go. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We Absolutely. all have these. Yeah. But whatever they are, they serve a purpose. Yep. Um, so I think like a lot of us try and maybe hold on to a friendship that we see like, mm, maybe this isn't like super healthy or it's just not clicking. And, yeah. you know, we wonder like, well, what do I do when I have, you know, somebody that I'm friends with and it's just not working? Well, you have to kind of look at it like a relationship because it is, you mm-hmm. know, if you're if it's not working as a friendship, it's OK to right. go your separate ways. Yeah. It's OK to say this isn't working, Absolutely. you know. Um, I don't like stress. I don't like drama. I don't, I'll listen to people's problems, but I can't, there's a certain level where it has to stop. If people bring the stress into my life, it's where I have to say, I can't do this. And it's healthy to do that. Yeah. It's okay to put your foot down and say, this person isn't healthy for me. And I just can't have this friendship or I can't be around them all the time or I can't text them all the time. Right. You have to look for the healthy relationships, <clears throat> the people that bring out the best in you. You know, I agree. And realize, like the other said, the other side said that it's okay to let those people go when they no longer play the role in your life that they were brought into play. Yeah. And Uh, if you don't know what the reason was, you know, you may later. Yeah. You will eventually. But, you know, a relationship, a friendship is still a relationship. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be intimate. A relationship is just you and another person. And what goes on. Right. Exactly. Your friendships are supposed to bring positivity into your life, really, is I think what their point was with this, is Mm -hmm. that they're supposed to give you that outlet, that therapist in that you don't have to pay for you know so yeah exactly so if if these friends that you have aren't doing that if they're doing the opposite then you know maybe it's time to look for some new friends yeah 
And then we have those friends that are just always, they're just always there. They stay and they're always there. And those people are soulmates or they come and go. Like I have um, a very good friend, one of my best friends, Allison, that I've known since I was 11 years old. And we just have this cycle of, you know, we're really close for a while and then we lose touch for a little while. We're close, we lose touch. It's just the way it goes with us. and it, But it works. It mm-hmm. works perfectly. Yeah. And I know that she will be somebody that will always be in my life. And those are those are the gold friendships. Those are the ones that it's like, hang on to those. Mm-hmm. You know, those people know you on a level that other people don't know you on. They're, they're important to nurture those relationships. Yeah, I agree. Know? For sure. Um, something else that the other side wanted us to know is that relationships will not always be easy, whether they're friendships, family relationships. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that, you know, you have to walk away from somebody because you're in a bad period right now. It may get better. It's normal. It's Mm -hmm. not always going to be easy. No, I think that's part of learning. Just like when we go from learning basic math to algebra, to calculus, you know, to whatever, it's a gradual process. Right. Exactly. And so we have to take it somewhat slow yeah. to learn. Right. Exactly. Um, the last thing on my list is it's okay to not al- not allow bad behavior in a relationship. To, to cut it off. To yeah. say, you know, I'm not going to allow this. I'm right. not going to do this. It's okay. They don't frown on that. They don't want us to frown on that. Right. They really want us to be happy. And that's what our goal is here is on this planet Mm -hmm. is to be happy surround ourselves with happy people that are you know not just like-minded because i like to surround myself with people with other other you know interests and and hobbies and and whatnot but there are some things that i think you do have to you know meet eye to eye on that you know like right now, I think politics is one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm just yeah. not going to talk to my friends about it because I love my friends and I don't want to lose them, you know? Yeah, it's tough yeah. because people have their opinions. But, you know, the way it's going, it's like, man, it can just clear a room no matter where. And, and I just don't think it belongs in no. every arena. No, it, That's doesn't. why it has its own title. Yeah, Keep it there. I can't wait for it to be over. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So, so that's what I have for you for this episode. Nice. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. I, I mean, really, we could go on and on and on. And I had more notes and, right. you know, but I think we got the gist out. Relationships are important. They are. Whether easy or hard. Yes. Because it's, you know, if, if it's all easy, then you're just learning the easy side. Yeah. But with a little bit of challenge, then you're forced to f- to figure out and learn from that as well. So right. it can't always be easy. This life isn't easy, but no. the message I think is clear is you got to try to find the what does make you happy and try to find the joy in even the things that seem to make you maybe not happy. Right. Um, and one or of the, change them. One of the things that makes a lot of people unhappy in relationships is that it's very hard for them to forgive. And we're going to talk about that next week and how important it is to forgive. Yeah. Because it's holding on to grudges is just weighing you down. So we'll talk about all that. Next uh, and week. eating you alive. Yeah, exactly. It's Literally. important. It really is, you know. Yeah. No, I so. think it's a good follow-up. Yeah, I think so, too. So, so yeah, next week. Cool. Yes. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, it was good. That was good.
And thanks to everybody that took the polls and um, the ones I didn't get to, we'll get to in a, another episode for sure. Yes. Yep. Thanks for the participation. Yes, we love it. Well, before we say adios to everybody, would you like to share your page? Yes. Uh, you can find everything about me on my website, samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. Um, if you'd like to send an email to us for the show, we are spiritualjoneses at gmail.com. And I just mentioned the discussion group. If you go to our Facebook page, which is uh, Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses, or shortcut is at Spiritual Joneses, you'll see a link to our discussion group. And that's where we talk about the shows every week. And we do poll questions so that you can be involved. So we'd love to have other people join us. Yeah. So come join the group. Love to hear your input. Yeah, for sure. Please. Yeah, that's me. What about you? Great. Uh, for my art, djonesartcollection.com for the web, at djonesartcollection for Instagram and Facebook, um, and gypsybrown.com for the music, for the web, <clears throat> at gypsybrownmusic for Instagram, and at gypsybrownband for Facebook. That's all. Yeah. Cool. Well, we hope everybody got something out of this. That we do. I did. Me too. Uh, Go out there and relationship. <laughs> yeah, you know? make it a good week. Put a little extra effort into those relationships yes. this week. Yeah. Relations are important. Yes. So, but we do hope everybody has a great week. And until next week, peace and love.